Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's Hayes. This is another episode of the Awaken Soul Podcast. I got a, a a pretty introspective episode planned for you guys. We actually have a topic in the main discussion topic that was sent in by a listener asking me to talk about being a an introvert and a creative and how that those things uh, intertwine and how I'm able to be call myself an introvert but still be a creative and do live shows. So really interesting topic um one that i had never really thought to like go in depth on but you know i i will this week how rude of me i'm hayes if you want to follow the podcast off the top make sure you're doing that at awaken soul pod or you can follow me personally at ceo hayes that's ceo h-a-i-z-e we are the number one podcast in the world i said it period point blank um but we got a like I said, we got a great show planned for you guys this week. Um, uh, I really don't have much housekeeping. I dropped three episodes last week, so we had the main episode of The Awakened Soul. I did it without remorse review, and then I did a follow up to the to something I discussed in the main episode, which is the EDP four four five situation. Um, so check out all those episodes if you haven't already. Um, I did see the movie Monster on Netflix today, and I feel safe in saying I probably will do an episode on that at some point. I probably want to see it. But probably at least once more, though, before I do a review on that. So I'm not saying that you, you're going to get that ne- this week per se. It's possible, but I don't want to I don't want to hold myself to that uh, quite yet. So I don't know if you're going to get a, a in-between episode this week. Honestly, I still got to do that episode on uh, the best finales in TV ever. So uh, we'll be talking about we'll, I'll get to that at some point. Um, but nonetheless, uh, enough prefacing. That's the off the top and everything. We got to get into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind uh, this week. We got a, a couple of topics, but they kind of all intertwine. So uh, it's kind of one big topic, but it, it branches off into some different things. But before we get into that, we got to get into our intro music. And then I'll catch you guys on the other side of that. We'll be jumping uh, into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. I'll see you guys there. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, so we're in my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. This is the in the mind of Hayes segment. And so what do I have to talk to you guys about this week? And so this topic is kind of one. I think this has been going on for about a week, week and a half. Um, and that was uh, 
first first it was Tim Scott um who said that America isn't racist. And you know, I, I when he said it, I didn't think to really comment on it. I don't even think I made a tweet. I don't think I said anything about it on social media because Tim Scott I, and I know people have sit down with him and I know they've said that like he really does want to do things to help the black race and the black culture. But ultimately, and this is my personal opinion on it, is that Tim Scott is a tool used by people who want, who don't want to see change in this country. Uh, he's used to kind of pull the wool over black people's eyes, so to say, and he is a tool in a sense of white supremacy. That's my personal opinion. Now, the thing that this kind of all goes and, and blew up from is that Kamala Harrison came out and she made a statement and where she went wrong, I think, in her statement personally, again, this is my personal opinion, is that she used the phrase America is not a racist country. Now, she did say a lot out of that. I mean, after that, she said a lot after that. And almost everything that she said following that statement was all things that were, were, were true. But the fact that she that out her mouth came out, America is not a racist country. It not only gave people a soundbite, it also gave people who don't do any type of research into do for or of their own and whatever is the social media headline. It gave them a lane to take it and run with it. Um, and so and and like so, some of the things that she followed up in saying uh, after that was that um, we have to speak to the truth about the history of racism in our country and its existence today. Um, and that she also, you know applauded uh biden for having the ability to speak on the truth of what and that's the, and that's the thing that i think kind of caught so many people off guard for with this is that is that joe biden and kamala harris basically ran on the fact of fixing some of the inherent racism and issues going on in this country and so when you have somebody who people supported and we'll get into some of the stuff from that that they're able to take that soundbite that america is not a racist country you give you you're giving them too much leeway, and I don't know who, if anyone, helped her prep for this. Uh, if there was a team of people, whatever. But the one thing, the one thing that should have, again, this is in my opinion, should have been drilled is to not repeat the phrase "America is not a racist country." It should not have have come out her mouth. Again, this is my opinion because, like I said, you give too much leeway, and unfortunately, people in our culture, people in American society in general. They will see the headline, they will run with it, they will make whole think pieces and everything and never once dig deeper into more that was said in that statement. And so she gave them that. You you gave them that. And um and unfortunately, you know, and, and Amanda Seals, and that's what I was talking about, like some of her supporters and backlash that came from this, you know, she came out and said that that by Kamala Harris saying that Kamala Harris embarrassed her. And her supporters. I can understand that 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 part. But here's where we go again and we go off to another branch. We have to address the people in our culture, that's black culture, um, black media, that would rather say I told you so than educate anybody on anything. And by that I mean, so Amanda Seals came out with that. And now there's been this tirade against Amanda Seals' uh, support of Ourselves, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, of her support of Kamala Harris and basically this whole thing of I told you so. I told like and that where I have an issue with that is, is that, like I said, that's using the same predatory media tactics that are used against us by the people that we are trying to call out. 
And I mean, by that I mean this, is that the people who live for the more, ha-ha, I told you so, look at this, look at that, Kamala, you look stupid for supporting her, X, Y, Z. But yet you don't have anything to speak of on, okay, who should we support? Why? Other than Kamala saying, why don't, why should black people be more educated? We see now with Obama. There are so many people now, black people who come out and say Obama didn't really do anything for black people. And I'm not saying that they don't have points. I'm not saying that some of the things that they point out are valid. I'm not saying that at all. But it's easy to be the hindsight person to always point out everything after the fact. Where are these same people who are very loud in calling out Amanda Seals, who are very loud at, at laughing at the fact that Kamala Harris said that America isn't a racist country and leaving out other parts of that statement? The people who now have issues and want to talk about Obama's presidency, where were you people at when it when it was when the shit was going on and when people were voting, when people had the opportunity, when the, the, the election was at an all-time high, that you were educating them? on different avenues that their vote could go. Where where would you suggest their vote have went? To Trump? And if that's the case, I'm not saying if that's your opinion, then educate people on why that should have been that opinion. Not just this whole thing of, oh, look, you supported Kamala Harris. And now she's saying America isn't racist. Like, that whole after-the-fact bullshit that people like to do and get caught the fuck up in is fucking equally as disgusting and predatory as anything else that anybody in the white media does, in my opinion. Um, and so that that's just my opinion on this whole nonsense, is that, A, read everything, people, before you, if something elicits a response to you, your first response, in my opinion, should be, let me go and see all of this. So that way I know, it, and even if, and that's not to say that it's always going to be something that may add a new light to it, add a new perspective to it, it may be something that pushes you off even further. But at least that point, at that part, at that point, you have the whole story, you have the whole statement, you have the full picture so that you can talk from. Just taking these Twitter headlines, these, these, like I said, the tweets, the, the, the headlines from fucking media that, that the whole purpose is to get a headline to get you to click on the link. You motherfuckers don't click on the fucking link. You don't. The purpose of a headline is yes, it is to elicit a response, but it's to get you to click it so then you can read it and then you can form your own opinions. These, like, so many of us just take the headline and we just run with it. Reading is fun to fucking mental. That's just period, point blank. That's what it is. Read, motherfuckers, read. It's simple. It's simple. If you're going to speak out on something, if you're going to sit there and use your, what is it now, 280, 240 characters on Twitter to make a response to something that you didn't fucking read fully, read the whole fucking article, people. And then secondly, like I said, even if the people in the black community who supported uh, President Biden, who supported Vice President Kamala Harris, if it turns out, and this is one of the things that I tweeted after the election was decided, is that this is a first step. We still need to hold these motherfuckers accountable. So it's not to say, and, and if anything, Amanda Seals coming out about somebody she was very boisterous in supporting, if she came out and said that she's made an, an honest look and said, you have now embarrassed the people that supported you, that is making somebody earn your continued support. This whole thing of wanting to be the after the fact, ha ha ha, laughing and making people and speaking about shit the way that, that the motherfuckers do after the fact, come the fuck on. Educate people. It's easy to sit there and point out something that does that goes left and say, look, you're stupid for this after the fact, but yet you weren't doing anything to educate or calling the shit out other than the same motherfuckers who all they had to say was, well, Kamala Harris, she's never identified as a black person. That's all you had. Any, nothing 
with the politics. And so, and uh, you know, I'm saying a lot about the people and, and that's because it's me being somebody in the media. I take that shit seriously. But the thing that frustrates me with Kamala Harris's statement, so I've said there's more to it, but the thing other than just her making making the statement that she made that I feel like if you pull that out and she says everything else in it, it it's okay. But besides that, and the thing that's gonna that worries me personally about this um this cabinet, is that the right word? Why am I fucking stumbling over my words yet again? Um, but the thing that that worries me the most, and you'll see this a lot in um, a president's first term because they try to get their aiming to try to get that second term and in the second term they get a lot of the stuff that, that just they, that they want rather than than play politician um is that this statement just felt like to me like i said it's it was somebody who when she came out for example in that debate against biden and she was a little girl on the bus and she told that story that story was to highlight how racism still affects us to this day and we're still living through it so when you now are in that seat of being the vice president and you still are trying to p play politicians and and do well politics and and appease people that was an opportunity for her to get up there and say no this is we do have a racist country we do have the values and the things that this this country were built on was built on racism this country was built on the backs of black people it was also built if you look at on genocide we came in, nobody from this country is native to this right none of our ancestors are none of it like we're not native americans we've never had a sitting native american president so just to think about the the way that that this country came into existence and people will try to have you say that people were they were religiously gone after so they came to america and they did all like and and revisit history the genocide the rape of native americans inherently is the basis of what this country was built on. Then you add in slavery. So yes, in my opinion, this country is based on racist ideals and a, 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 a structure that was put in place to not want to see or not make it easy to see people like us succeed. Now we have made chips in that. We have made progress. That's not to say that we have not made progress at all, but if you look at how things are disproportionately affects our culture and our community, you can't say that this country isn't racist. You can say that there are absolutely people in this country who's not. There are absolutely enough white Democrats who are tired of the shit just like we are, who are really agents of change, who want things to improve, who do and, and work and put in time and effort to see things make a difference that's not to take away from their sacrifices and the time that they put in but we have to be honest with where this country is that's just my opinion you may agree you may not that's all perfectly fine like i said this is always the start of the conversation this is not the end all be all i would never think that i have that place to say that but this is my opinions and i'm sharing it on this platform i would love to hear from you guys if you uh feel differently and and, and maybe you think some of my ideals off left maybe you agree with <laughs> even tim scott or kamala harris or whatever else um, let me know how you feel. That's just my my opinion on it uh, for this week. Uh, that is in the mind of Hayes segment. I know I got a little heated there, and I, I can get passionate when it comes to race and racism. Um, but we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna take a break. You're gonna hear from another podcast. We're gonna jump on the other side of that. We're gonna head into the main discussion topic, uh, where this one was actually sent in from um, a listener. So we'll get into it right after this. I'll see you guys there. Being a mom is probably the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I have my own company, but I'm a mom first. 
A young urban mom, it's not an experience like any other. When you're young, you're growing with your kid. You're growing into that identity. Developing and creating a community of moms that are basically sharing information with one another so that we can be stronger moms. Perfect imperfection, beautiful chaos, doing the best you can every day, falling down nine times but getting up ten. As long as you are led by love, you kind of can't lose. Moms coming together to share information so that we can be great parents for our, our children. Us being the change we wanted to see in the world. Yum came into existence. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. All right, so... Uh, this topic comes in from Chantel. She made sure I was, not Chantel, Chantel, uh, who sent in an email uh, asking um, how how I that she's heard me describe myself as an introvert several times. An extreme introvert is what I uh, I've typically described myself as, and she wanted to know how that aligns with being a creative, uh, being a creative who has this platform, who has done live shows, who goes out and does. Um, um festivals and speaks at things like that and uh you know and i took that i was like you know what i'm going to make that uh, a main discussion topic so shout out to Chantel again this is why i do like interacting this is why my audience is the best uh, because they come up with things like that and they pay attention to not only the the content but to me and so like this is something that i really haven't let me not say i haven't thought about it but i've never really thought about making it a topic because to me um as far as being an introvert and being a creative i for me because I know a lot of the creators that I work with, a lot of the creatives that I've interacted with are extroverts and it works great for them. And so this isn't a thing. I want to make this clear from the onset. I'm not going to do this thing over if an, if an introverts or extroverts are better creatives, because I think it, creative is, a, is being a creative. You find a way in what works in your personality to be that. And sometimes it brings out other sides of your personality. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, one of the first things that I'll say is that, you know, just from the from the on point, I want to address the live show portion of it or the speaking at festivals or live events thing. And for me, this is this is um, this is this is my opinion on it. Um, for me, it's exhausting. And by that, I mean, not not like in a negative way, but when anytime I've done a live show or a festival, legitimately, my body shuts down afterwards. Uh, for example, we had the live show in D.C., um, when I got back home, I really think I slept for like 11 hours, um, because interacting with people live, having to turn on the haze mode. And then like, we had a, a bar, a bar thing and meet up afterwards. And like, I'm still in entertainment mode. Like when I'm behind it, podcasting, like the, the hour or so it takes me to record this, like it's easy. I'm, I'm still in my house. So like, once I turn it off and, and stop rolling or whatever, I can go back to introverted, quiet, uh, and I'm just editing and I'm, you know, I'm to myself haze, right? 
Um, but with a live show, it's not like that. Or when we did the Melanin Manor Festival in Dallas, or um, when I did the uh, Afros and Audio Festival in New York, um, those took so much out of me because you want to interact with people. I never, especially in the creative lane, because I am so passionate about this and I can't talk about it forever. So it's not like it's a thing to where it's conscious. I have to be like, oh, let me turn it on and be haze. It's because I'm in my element. It comes out of me. But because I have to be alone to recharge and I'm introverted, like legit, it, it, I shut the fuck down. <laughs> like body, mind, everything. I have to completely unplug. I have to come, like, there's, like, I remember after, uh, after Dallas, uh, for example, like there were people reaching out to me because I connected with a lot of creatives there about like working together or whatever. And I, I, I didn't have it in me to respond for like a whole day. Like I, and I had to apologize when I came back, but like, so that, that, that's the live show thing for me. It, it's amazing. It's an adrenaline rush. I love being on stage in front of people, whether it's at one of my events or somebody else's events. And it's because of the, the topics, the content. Um, and it's, uh, you know, the interaction, like we did this year's Afros and audio was all, uh, digital and it was live stream. And so we had a great, amazing conversation. But again, uh, after that, it wasn't as bad because I wasn't in front of the people and the viewers. So once I, that live stream turned off and the camera was off, I was still in my own house and in the comfort of my own place. So it was easy for me to recharge. Then I didn't shut down all the way. Um, but that, that's that even when I do like my live streams, uh, when I do them on Instagram or, or whatever, YouTube occasionally, like I, I have to, I have to consciously prepare for it. Right. Even more so than a regular show. Like uh, for example, like doing the Awakened Soul today, I'm able to flip on, you know, turn on uh, Adobe Audition, turn on my camera, record everything, and you know, I, I, I can just go with the flow. I build naturally off of it. When I know it's going to be people watching uh, live, and I have to interact, like and people who've seen my IG live knows, I, like I, I check the chat. I actually interact with people when I'm doing that. But it literally takes so much out of me, and I have to prepare so much. Like I, I, I pretty much know now who's going to show up when I do a live stream, at least my core. Now there's a lot of people that show up that I don't expect, but I know the core that's going to be there. So I kind of plan little interactions with those people because I know they'll probably be there. And I know like we've had conversations and stuff before. So that's how I do it before. But as far as like being just at a baseline creative and being an introvert um, to me and the type of introvert that I am is that I survey everything. So because I watch everything, because I take in so much information, I take everything in it's easier for me to formulize concepts for shows and for everything. It's easier for me to put that structure together um, because I'm taking in everything because I'm, I'm not in my regular life. I don't talk a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm literally taking in so much that it's easier to then prepare an episode to then put out to other people because I've took, I've taken in so much. Um, that's why like last week I was able to do three episodes and that's not to brag. That's just to say that, I, I take in so much that it's like it's easier for me um, to, to prepare episodes. That's why I say I'd never run out of content. I have never in my three plus years of doing this over 700 episodes across the four podcasts that I do. I have never not once struggled to come up with content for any of them because I take in so much so much shit. Um, and then I think also as an introvert, like there's a sense of calm. Um, and, you know, some of that comes from my confidence, not my just natural confidence. Um, some will say that it's a, a bit of cockiness in there, but there's there's always a sense of calm in everything that I do. Um, even when I'm getting fired up, it's controlled 
chaos, so to say, but uh, there's always a sense of calm. So um, even though sometimes I may seem standoffish, it's really because people feel more at peace in my presence than sometimes I even feel at peace in this situation. And, and because of that, like that sense of calm that I'm able to bring to every situation, I can also apply to my work. Um, and also as an introvert, it's easier for me to slow down. It's easier for me to, to slow down and, and know when it's a time to, um, to kind of more so let things play out than to have a, than to guide the way things play out. And that's even in like live shows. That's even in like podcasting. Like I let the conversation go. I, I, I always describe it as this, right? As an introvert. And again, when I, I say this as, because there, everybody who's an introvert doesn't do things the same way. But for me, I, I always compare like I'm like Batman, right? And by that I mean Batman has a plan to take down every member of the Justice League. Batman has a plan for everything, and that's what I try to do. I always have a have a plan, or I try to branch out and really take the time out. And I think because um, of me being more introverted, it's easier for me to do that. Um, and then also like as being an introvert, I would, I, you know, I hell I call myself the lovable asshole, and I think it's but like I have a natural funniness about me. Um, and that's just because of how, like, I can pick up on what is going to resonate with certain people. And so, you know, I, I'm a, I'm an introvert and see, that's the thing, right? Is like, and that's why I say that like introverts are, are all different, but I'm an introvert and I'm an empath, uh, to a degree. Now, again, people know I, I generally don't give a damn how people feel. Um, but I think, uh, I think me being an empath and knowing and, and, and kind of gauging how people are going to feel about things. And how they react has also helped me um, in, in being a creative. But I think ultimately, too, for me, um, with being an introvert is just because because I don't talk much like in day to day life. Um, and even when I do talk, I try to make what I do say more impactful without saying a lot of words. And that's that's sometimes I guess that comes to bite me, uh, too, with this podcast, because people like tend to like longer podcasts. Um, and with some of the things that I, um, that I, that when I do these episodes alone is that they tend to be shorter, right? They tend to be between like 35 and 42 minutes. And that's because like what I say, it's so condensed in what I say. And sometimes like my listeners have had to say this, that they have to go back and re-listen it because they missed something, right? Because I don't draw it out. I get to the point. And I think that also helps me as a creative because there's not a lot of fluff in that. There's not a lot of 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 needy i don't feel the need to fluff up fluff up my podcast to be a certain length or to flesh out what i say more if if i'm very poignant with what with the words that i'm choosing to say with the topics that i'm choosing to say with the bullet points that i choose to make so it makes it really easy um, for me in that sense because i don't feel that need to feel that fluff you find some creatives and again this is what may work for them is that they have to fill in they feel like there's a certain amount of time they got to fill in and then they they talk, they talk, they talk. I'm not like that. I say what the fuck I got to say. I get the fuck out. And I think also with being an introvert, like first for me is that it's a like being introverted in, within myself has I have a true understanding of who I am, both the good, the bad, the ugly, the the beautiful, everything. I have a true understanding of that. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm just saying that I don't need to work on certain things. You know, some people will say like, oh, I know me. It's me. I am who I am. And like, like that means they don't have to do any work to improve themselves. Like that's not something that I realize. that. I mean, this is not something that I, that I feel about myself. I know that there are things that I have to improve on, but for me to know what I have to improve on, it means that I have to be honest with the things that I'm at. So when I say things like, 
I know I'm being an asshole. Like that's that's not a I don't that's not I don't brag about that. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm blunt, right? The bluntness is different. I own who I am 100%. And I think that's what makes this so easy for me is that there's nothing that anyone can say that can get me off my game because I know who Hayes is. I know who Cordero is. I know the things that that I need to improve on. I know the my shortcomings. I know my my great points i know all of that i'm very honest with myself about that and that continual chase of getting to know me better helps me better deliver this podcast now i can't like it's different with the film frequency it's different with the breaks radio those podcasts cover a different type of content but with what i cover here on the awakened soul which is you know sometimes it's it's more thought-provoking things that i i think and feel for me to for me to provoke thought in anyone else, I have to first provoke thought in myself, right? I have to provoke thought within about myself. I have to be honest with where I am about certain things. I have to be honest with my shortcomings. That's why you had like the episode "Get the Fluff Out." Part of the reason why I I went the fuck off on myself basically when you when you go back and listen to that because I was very harsh in in what the content I was delivering at that time. I was extremely harsh on myself with that, and people have listened to it have come back and was like, oh. I never really felt that way about your podcast. It's funny to hear you feel that way. And so I, I think for me, it, specifically being an introvert, being an empath, knowing myself, knowing what I want to do, knowing where I want to go, having a clear vision of that makes being a creative, it, being a, the creative side of me benefits from all those introverted and self-reflection sides of me. Um, because I, I, I know I know how I feel, right? I'm very in touch with myself emotionally. I'm very in touch with my intellect. I'm very in touch with these things. And that's, again, that's not to brag. That's not to say or put myself above anyone else. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying that I had to be aware of those things with me so that it makes it easier for me to create. So when I see something, when I see something on the news, when I watch a movie and I think about how that reflects to black people or it's not as reflective or when I went on that rant about seeing suffering in, in, in TV and film, black TV and film specifically, these are all things that I've really had to sit down and being introvert, being quiet, being introspective as well has all made being a creative that much better. If that makes sense. Like I, 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 I hope that I'm answering your question at a level to where it's, it's make it's allowing anyone else to understand. Again, this is my creative process. It can be completely different. I know people who are introverts who have a hard time doing this. They love it. They feel like they always have to have a guest or, you know, you have those podcasts who aren't solo. They have an introvert. They have an extrovert. They, they bounce off each other because, you know, they're cold. So they, they have their natural back and forth. Um, me here being solo and being and, and forcing myself to be solo more often and not have guests on as much as I used to. Um, has really, like I said, I've benefited from it. I feel like the podcast has benefited from it. I feel like my style as a podcaster has benefited from it as well. And ultimately, I think when I get back into doing live shows and live events, that's going to benefit from it as well. Because now I have the I've have the benefit of the last year and a half, basically, uh, in a pandemic. Yes, I've had guests. I will continue to have guests. But I think that having that time, um, to review myself as a host, like there. Our episodes uh, that I challenge myself by saying, you know what, I'm literally going to flip on the camera and the podcast and I'm going to see what comes out. And then I'll go back in and I'll like I'll record like intros to the topics or whatever. Uh, and, it, and it seems and it's, it makes it more cohesive. But then it seems like, 
oh, this was a real prepared. Like some of the episodes I get the most props from are honestly ones that I've sat down and I just flipped on and started recording and let what comes out comes out. But that that ability to create on that level has come from being in touch with myself. So like I guess I've kind of flipped this from being a conversation about being an introvert and being a creative to being introspective, an introspective introvert empath creative. So like it's a lot that comes with it. And you know, it's just it's no one lane. And for anyone who's listened to this who is an introvert, who's either creative and struggles or who's an introvert who has hesitated to get into this creative thing because you know, they like to be themselves. You're probably better equipped to do this than what you think. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a power in being being an introvert. Um, there's a power in 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 because very often introverts they don't need other people, and and I, I mean that on a very micro level uh, because we all need other people, right? Um, but I think when you're when you're introverted and you can you can bury yourself in your work or you can bury yourself in, in creative and it gives yourself a creative advantage. Um, I think when you can do those things, uh, being introverted, it makes it easier than the people who feel like, Oh, I gotta be this person. I gotta be this and I gotta do this and let's get these people and let's do like, and they want to engage. Like sometimes introverts, they want to create and they get the fuck out and let, let their creation live. Like what, whereas extroverts, they want to create, they want to get it out. They want to, interact when they don't get interact when they don't get the interaction they think they that they should have gotten or they wanted from something they kind of retreat back they go back to the drawing board whereas introverts they're fine let me put this shit out here i'm gonna go back off into my bubble and i don't give a fuck anymore and i think that's that's what has helped me over these years is 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 in doing this so that's my opinion on being an uh an introvert and a creative let me know what you guys think um very short short one and again you guys will get another episode uh I got some guests coming up, uh, me and Rod from the Blunt Effect podcast. He'll actually be on next next week's episode uh, because we're both excited about this J. Cole album. So we'll have a conversation about that as well as music. So we're really it's going to be a fun episode. Me, anytime me and Rod get together, I feel like it's a classic. He's one of those people who I've never met face to face, but we have a great dynamic and just a natural dynamic, which makes it even better. So be on the lookout for that. Again, if you want to follow the podcast, it's at Awaken Soul Pod. If you want to follow me, that's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E, C-E-O Hayes. If you want to send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, thewakensoulpod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to send us a voicemail, you can do so at 614-547-2039. We are the number one podcast for the culture. And this week, we out. Peace. Thank you.